Welcome to the Illuminating Lives podcast. I'm your host, Israel Smith, and I'm here to share conversations with you about what it means to illuminate our own lives, to be comfortable in our vulnerability, to truly love and value ourselves, and then to be able to use that to light up our own life and shine that light with the people we love and care about the most. This is going to be messy, it's going to be vulnerable, and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Welcome. Let's get started. Hey, hey, welcome back. Final episode in the Thrive series. Are you excited? Whoop, whoop. I am. Can't wait. Uh, today, we're going to dig into some really meaty topics. We have got commitments and boundaries. These are the final two sections on the bottom of that Thrive List template. Once again, if you haven't grabbed it, it's still available on the website, israelsmith.com forward slash thrive. Jump over there, grab that download, and you can fill in a PDF of these specific sections and stick it up on your wall or your fridge and just help you be reminded of all the things you need to thrive, to operate at your best. Oh, I'm taking a big deep breath. Commitments. Commitments is a big topic, but I don't want it to feel really heavy. I just want it to feel important. A commitment is something we see through. It is an action we take. It is a a way of being and operating in the world. I'm going to go back to my good friends at Merriam-Webster and Cambridge, the two dictionaries I tend to rely on quite heavily. Merriam-Webster define commitment as an agreement or a pledge to do something in future, the state or an instance of being obligated or emotionally impelled. So that's a little bit frustrating, that definition. It doesn't quite get as clear as I would have liked. An agreement or a pledge to do something in the future is the primary piece for me. And then if I look over at my friends Cambridge, it is a promise or a firm decision to do something. It is a willingness to give your time and energy to a job, activity or something you believe in. Something you do or must deal with that takes your time. So all of those things, particularly the promise or the firm decision and willingness to give your time and energy they all help illustrate what a commitment really is. Now, I've actually talked about commitments in depth on the podcast previously. I'm going to pop the link to that episode in the show notes. But here are some of the important pieces about commitment. When we're committed to something, we make it happen no matter what. We see it through. And here's the thing about commitments. We are, when we really break it down to its basics, we are either committed to the results that we want to have or the outcomes or the the feelings or the ways of being that we want or we're committed to the excuses or the reasons or or committed to not having those things so for example either i'm committed to getting up at 5am and doing yoga and meditating or i'm committed to sleeping in and neglecting my self care routines it's really binary. It really is. Commitments are how we can create an extraordinary life, how we can thrive, how we can feel like we are expressing our best self into the world. It is entirely possible to overcommit. In fact, that's one of the dangers of commitments, taking on things 
especially when we have a firm grasp of when we commit to something, we follow it through and we do it. It's entirely possible that when we set up our commitments and we just take them on without truly assessing, can I actually commit to that? Can I really fit that in? That we can end up with way too many things on our plate, a feeling of stress and overwhelm and an inability to in fact execute on any of the things we've committed to. So something I like to remind myself of is that when I say yes to something in my life, I've already got a really full life. When I say yes to something in my life, it means I'm saying no to something else. So I need to be really clear on those things. So for example, I'm coaching my son's basketball team and I'm playing basketball myself. So for me, Monday afternoon from about 3 p.m. and Wednesday afternoon from about 3 p.m. are both gone until well into the evening with basketball. And in fact, there are sometimes conversations I need to have through the week and on Sunday evening or Monday morning about coordinating training and players and car rides and all of that. So in saying yes to basketball as the coach for my son's team, I have to say no to doing other things on Monday afternoons. In saying yes to being part of the men's team I play in and coaching and training my son's team on a Wednesday, I need to say no to other things. Now, Wednesday previously was my wife and my date night. So we've had to make other arrangements. But that's the power of really using that assessment of by saying yes to one thing means no to another thing. So maybe a good example, or sorry, a good ex- exercise for you to take on with this is to do an inventory of your commitments. How many things have you committed to? How many things are you kind of saying, yes, I will see that through. I will execute on that. I will get that done. And if you find yourself getting through a really lengthy list there to sort of do a brain dump of all of the commitments, really weigh up, okay, is this realistic? Have I taken on too much? Or as the old saying goes, have I bitten off more than I can chew? Here's what this might look like. If you find yourself feeling stressed, if you find yourself constantly overwhelmed, or maybe you're always rushing and you feel like there's always too much to do and never enough time to do it in, that's a sign that you've overcommitted. That's a sign that you have taken on too much for your current levels of energy and capacity. Now, there's importantly no judgment here about what you can or cannot commit to, but it's exciting and important to take an inventory of all of those things and just get clear on all of the stuff on our plate and then go, okay, are there some things here I need to politely let go of or respectfully push back on or Maybe some things I just need to take off the plate myself. Like in a work or an external organization context, sometimes you have commitments to clients that you have made and promised. And sometimes you may need to talk to other people to reset those commitments or to renegotiate those commitments or those outcomes. But a lot of the time, we're the ones that commit to things for ourselves and we load all of this pressure up onto us onto our own shoulders forgetting that we are the ones who put the pressure on ourselves in the first place until we get lost in this maelstrom of overwhelm and stress and tension and rush and busyness and then we go oh wait a minute i set that commitment for myself i can let go of that i set that commitment for myself i can let go of that i had a client recently who had committed to all of this stuff, like hundreds of sit-ups every morning as soon as he woke and 
doing yoga on top of that and eating a really restrictive diet based on this specific dietary theory and you know oh, i can't even remember half the other stuff but it was like this absolutely brutal and punishing self-care regime and i said dude like it's making you unhappy and you're feeling like you have this obligation and whenever you miss one of these commitments it becomes a source of beat up just pull back on the commitments renegotiate with yourself it's that simple and important in that is is a piece that i spoke about of when we break our commitments especially the commitments we make to ourselves but also to others it's a breach of our integrity our integrity is doing what we say we are going to do it is being known as a person who follows through and is as good as their word the old-fashioned saying my word is my bond holds really true here and when we think about commitments i encourage you to think also about integrity they are parallel conversations maintaining and keeping your commitments is about maintaining and keeping a healthy sense of self-integrity do you believe you can trust yourself do you believe you can rely on yourself if not it may also be related to how many things you have committed to. Do you have too much on, on the go at the moment? Maybe you need to pare back a little bit on the level of commitment. Because the long game here is about sustainable progress, not burnout. The old saying, it's a marathon, not a sprint, is really important. And so often we get swept up with the marketing messages of, we've got to do it right now. We've got to have instant gratification. We've got to chase and chase and keep up and overtake and get ahead and all that kind of stuff who are we racing against if not ourselves are we in such a hurry to get to the end of our lives that we need to sprint all the time and then discover ourselves in burnout maybe what we can do instead is just reduce our commitments do less better and experience a more peaceful more sustainable path through this journey called life with an enormous sense of trust in ourselves trust in the broader higher power that we are where we are meant to be so what commitments do you have currently on your plate what things are you committed to now on the thrive list template there's a question I ask at the top of this section. What am I committed to being, doing, or having in my life? And that comes from the common uh, framework of be, do, have. The premise behind this, just really quickly, is that so often we start with, well, I want to have more money so I can do all of the things I want to do, then I will be happy and satisfied. We have life around the wrong way. We start with what we want to have as the result and we chase that like mad because we believe that having a specific thing lets us take the actions we want to take, which then results in us being a certain way in life. But actually, true peace and true well-being and true alignment and purpose in life starts with who we are being who we choose to be how we show up the energy we bring the emotional neutrality or standpoint that we come from because that then informs 
the actions we take, which then gives us the results that we want. So I am being a stand for your well-being, for your living an illuminating life. I take actions. The doing is aligned with that. I publish these podcasts on the regular so you get the opportunity to improve and learn and have my brain for a bit to think through different things you've been grappling with. And what I have from that is the experience of helping and serving people and I have a thriving and growing coaching practice. So who I am being is the starting point, which then informs the doing, which then informs the having or the results. So with respect to commitments, we can use our commitments as a frame for what are we committed to? What are we committed to being, doing, or having? I'm committed to being someone who shows up as a coach, as an insightful leader, and as someone who is here to help. And from that place of being, I'm then committed to doing the things I need to do to show up that way in my life. And I'm committed to having the experience of satisfaction and peace and success and achievement and joy that come from this expression of my life in the world. What is it for you? What are you committed to being? Or who are you committed to being? What are you committed to doing? And what are you committed to having in your life? Always bear in mind, saying yes to one thing means saying no to something else. Keep your commitments simple and manageable. And notice when you follow through on those commitments, your sense of well-being, of self-integrity, of self-belief and self-trust and self-worth will all grow. And this is the long game. This is the sustainable path through life. That's commitments. If you need more on that, as I said, in the show notes, there's a link to my previous episode about commitments where I dug in in a lot of detail. Now let's talk about boundaries. Boundaries are awesome. Boundaries are, I suppose, a tool that lets us be really clear about what we need in our own lives to be our best, what we are willing to accept and what we are responsible for. My dear friend Brene Brown defines a boundary as, well, in fact, setting boundaries as the practice of having the courage to love ourselves even when we risk disappointing others. It's a way of us being able to be clear about where we start and stop, what's okay for us, and what we're willing to tolerate or willing to accept and what we're not willing to tolerate and not willing to accept. So it's also about standing in our own personal power. It's about being responsible for meeting our own needs. Healthy boundaries allow us to have a healthy relationship, a healthy work and life, and they allow us to give and serve more fully and more freely. So when we have boundaries in place, again, I remember hearing an interview with Brene Brown where she said the people that she had interviewed that were or who were, were able to serve the most had boundaries of steel. They were really, really clear on what they needed to be able to function properly as a human 
And that then gave them the strength and the courage to serve other people. Healthy boundaries, healthy life. Now, here are some ways to set boundaries. Answer these five questions. And this may take some time. And this may take some honesty. In fact, this is by definition a brave conversation, which is a concept you may remember from step seven on the Thrive Steps. Here are the questions. You ready? I'll also put these in the show notes. Number one, what are you willing to accept in life, work, relationships? What are you willing to accept? Number two, what are you no longer willing to accept? Number three, what are you tolerating in yourself? You know, what are you putting up with? What are you settling with, settling for? Number four, what are you tolerating in others? And number five, what are some boundaries you can create here? All right. Those questions sound like a lot. As I read back through them, I'm like, Phew, that's, that's some chunky stuff. But here's the beautiful piece. When we make the time to truly answer those questions, it helps us identify gaps in how we're showing up. It helps us identify perhaps some unhealthy behaviors that we've allowed to creep into our lives some perhaps dysfunction in our relationships that we need to address. And it is a brave conversation piece where we get to be truly honest with ourselves and then truly honest with others. That's not always easy. It's usually very simple. It's not always easy and it does require courage and bravery. And there's another piece I want to share with you, which is how to set boundaries. Now, I'm also going to lean on and encourage you to read a fabulous book called How to Do the Work by Dr. Nicole Lepera. She's actually also the lady behind the Instagram account, The Holistic Psychologist. Her book goes into boundaries a lot because it's a very important piece in having healthy relationships and health as a human from a mental and emotional psychological standpoint. Setting boundaries really needs to come from a place of peace. It's not the kind of thing you do in retaliation. It's not the kind of thing you do when you're really activated or triggered. It's the kind of thing you need to do from a place of calm, from a place of peace, from a place of confidence and strength and true ownership and power in yourself. And this is why it's the last piece on this page, because really, if we work back through it, the self-care non-negotiables are about what do we need just to be able to show up as a well-functioning, well-rounded human. We have certainty anchors and mood boosters so that we can build our ability to manage our energy and our emotions and our, our mood as we go through life and day to day and the ups and downs of external circumstances. We have commitments to be really clear on what are we standing for? What do we want in our life? And then boundaries is around how do we need to communicate what's okay and what's not okay for us to be our best. So the feeling behind the doing in setting boundaries is really important. So when you're feeling upset or emotionally charged, not a great time to be setting boundaries. You need to be really, really at peace and really chill when you do this. 
is a formula that I have written, which again I'll pop into the show notes, on how to set a boundary. So the formula is this. When, say, a certain behavior, insert your behavior here, happens, I feel the feeling or the impact of that behavior. I'm no longer willing to accept or tolerate that behavior. If that behavior continues, I will, and there's the consequence. Let me give you an example of this. Going back to when I was at my worst in terms of my anger showing up in the family 12, 18 months ago, my wife said, she basically set a boundary with me without really realizing this formula. She said, when I see you and hear you expressing your anger in this way to me and to the kids, I feel scared. I feel frustrated and angry myself and I feel disappointed because I know you're better than that. It upsets the children as well. They lose respect for you. I lose respect for you and it damages the overall relationship and the love and the feeling in this household. I'm no longer willing to accept or tolerate your angry outbursts. And if those angry outbursts continue, I will ask you to leave the family home. You will no longer be welcome to live here until you can manage your mood and your emotions. So that boundary, I can talk about with comfort now because I've done the work to process that and I do adhere to that. I still have the odd moment, but I catch it much more quickly. I clean it up immediately. I'm still human. I'm still learning. This is a muscle. But on the whole, I'm not the angry man I used to be. And that largely comes down to that boundary. My wife saying to me, here's what's okay. Here's what's not okay. If you continue to err on the side of not okay, here's the consequences for you. That's at the core of what a boundary is. I don't feel good when you speak in a certain way to me. I'm no longer available for you to do that and I will no longer tolerate or accept that sort of treatment. If it continues, I will take the following actions. I'm no longer available to work on Sunday night to finish a project that you didn't plan properly. It makes me feel resentful. It makes me hate my job. It makes me feel like you don't value who I am and the fact that I deserve a personal life like everybody else in the business. I'm no longer willing to work on Sunday night. I'm no longer willing to do work that comes up at the last minute. And if that continues, I will look elsewhere for other work. I will leave this job. All right, there's two other examples. I'm sure you can start to see where boundaries can be really powerful in your own life. Importantly here, boundaries are not a weapon to club other people to death with. They are a self-love tool. They are a tool of declaring what is okay, what is not okay. And boundaries are only as good as the enforcement of them. Parents and children are good examples of setting boundaries and also good examples of not enforcing boundaries. All right, how many times have you seen a parent say something to their child about a specific behavior that's not okay and the child does it anyway knowing that there won't be any enforcement or any consequence? The boundary has no power because there's no enforcement. That's the most uncomfortable and difficult part of setting boundaries in my experience with me and with my clients and with my family. When we set a boundary, we need to be prepared to enforce it. Otherwise, it's not worth the air it occupied when you set it or the paper it was written on. 
So the questions I ask on my Thrive list about boundaries, what am I tolerating in myself and others? What am I willing to accept or no longer willing to accept in my life, work and relationships? It's just a recap version of those five questions I read out a little earlier. It is the last piece of the Thrive methodology. It is the final sort of chunk of this particular piece. Now, all of these elements, everything from those seven steps, good sleep, good food, mindfulness, gratitude, movement, connection, brave conversations, followed up with the cheat sheet items of certainty anchors, mood boosters, and then the more long-term and deeper layers of commitments, commitment to being, doing, having, and then boundaries to help enforce what we each need for our self-care, for our well-being, for our joy through life. All of these things have the enormous power of crafting an environment for ourselves where we can thrive. They are a practice. It is like going to the gym. It is three sets, 12 reps every single day. But the power of this Thrive list and this this sheet or this exercise that I've led you through over the last nine, ten episodes is my gift to you to help you feel like you have the ability to take responsibility for your well-being and your sense of, I guess, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual health. So I trust and I know that this has been really useful for you. I really would love to hear from you. Please email me, israel at israelsmith.com. The link for my email is always in the show notes. I'd love to hear how it goes in your life. I'd love to hear what practices you've put in place or what has changed for you. This is my single biggest set of tools to help me function as my best self. And this is where I spend the first big slab of attention with my new one-to-one coaching clients. We go through a deep dive into assessment of their life overall, and then we gradually work through all the physical stuff, all the emotional and mental stuff around the self-care pieces, and then we go through, you know, how can my clients support themselves feeling better? How can they be responsible for what commitments they have, what commitments they need to walk back or renegotiate or let go of? And what boundaries do they need to put in place to protect their own self and their own sense of self-love? I'm going to leave it at that. Thank you so much for playing along. Thank you for listening and participating in this Thrive series. And as always, use this as a tool to illuminate and light up your own life. And I will see you next time. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Illuminating Lives podcast. Please help me reach more people by sharing this podcast with your loved ones and leaving me a great five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Remember, I work as a one-to-one coach and professional speaker, helping dads in business and leadership find more peace, feel less stress, and be the best parent, husband, and leader they can be. If you'd like to work with me or have me present to your organization, please contact me via my website or social media. All the links are in the show notes. Until next time, may you be free. May you be happy. May you be healthy. May you be loved. And may you live with ease.